We have one destiny. We have one origin. We have one goal. And that is to get the ball in the end zone. To make sure the audience is loving what we're doing. And to make sure that everyone around the world never forgets the name Reverse Psych Pod of Frasier Rewatch Podcast. A quick warning about this week's show. It's, it's not good. Welcome to Reverse Psychology, the Frasier Rewatch podcast, where we go backwards through every episode of the show. Tonight, we're covering Season 10, Episode 13, Lilith Needs a Favor, which originally aired on February 4th, 2003. Is this when Lilith asked Frasier for some sugar? We'll find out. I'm your host, Curtis Sheck. Joining me as always, it's a resident upside downer, it's Ryan Sansone. Curtis, I'm so excited. I don't even need a favor tonight. I'm just happy to be here. Also with us today is the personification of a nipple pick. It's Bradley Kirkston. Ladies, it might be cold outside, but in Bradland, it's always hot and spicy. I really thought you were going to play off the nipple thing. Well, actually, you know what? Speaking of nipples, you just made me think of something, Ryan. Thank you for yes, that. Yes, please. Yes, I, please. I would, <laughs> I, would, I would like to say something. We've been getting some feedback. We've been getting too many nip picks from you old men. Kind we, don't we, want got a, we got a complaint from, we'll say, a friend of Curtis, because they're a friend of Curtis, that I spend the podcast talking too much about myself. <laughs> this is how you chose to address this problem. The point is, just like a nipple, I stand strong, all right? <laughs> I stand straight, and I stand proud of myself. And the whole point of having a podcast is to brag about yourself and to brag about having a podcast. So I will continue to talk about myself. And if you don't like it, please email us. At Reverse psychpad at gmail.com. Yeah, and keep complaining. That way Brad can keep comparing himself to a hard nipple. Yes, that was my nickname in high school. Hard Nipple Kirkston. (laughs) Are you guys bragging about this? Uh, I am now. Yes. (laughs) I will be pointing a lot of people to listening to that clip. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) I'm a strong, hard nipple. Well, I hope that satisfies everybody who had something to say about this podcast. If anyone thinks Brad talks too much about himself, I think he's proven you all wrong. I I stopped even correcting everybody when they called me Brad. I let that one go finally. Did only, you? Took me, only took me a year. I'm only going to do it half the time. Well, now people are going to call you hard nipple, so it's not going to be yeah, a problem. That's fine. At least Curtis can finally introduce me as something. I'm trying to come up with a pun on Nipsey Russell. Is that a person? <laughs> God, you don't know who anybody is. <laughs> I mean, should I know? Is For real, should I know who this person is? I'm not going to pretend like I'm intimately familiar with them, but I've heard the name. Yeah. What? It, First of all, is it a guy or girl? I honestly can't tell. Uh, Julius, quote, Nipsey Russell was an American actor, comedian, and poet and dancer, best known for appearances as a panelist on game shows in the 1960s through the 90s. I am a bachelor and I will not marry till the right girl comes along. But while I'm waiting, I don't mind dating girls that I know are wrong. Why weren't you familiar with that? Time out. If there's anybody I'm going to be compared to and what my dream would be, would be a game show contestant for 30 years. So <laughs> I think I think comparing me to Nipsey Russell in any way is probably a good a dancer, an actor, a singer, a game show host. That's me. Is it a job to be a game show contestant? In Britain, it definitely is. Yeah, here's the thing. If a game show was to pay me to be on as the celebrity guest from this podcast, then I will happily be on and get paid for it. If a game show wants to pay me to be a non-celebrity guest, I'm in. I will do any game show. I can absolutely see uh, uh, Brad going... I, I forgot his name. I can absolutely <laughs> see hard Brad. Nipple. It is hard nipple. Get it right. Don't be disrespectful. I can see hard nipple going on like a game show just as a regular contestant who like applied to be on, but playing as if he is the celebrity. He's going to be 
be like, and the charity I'm playing for, and they're like, what charity? <laughs> My assistant director of the camp that I run, she really wants to be in the game show Survivor, and she like continues to apply and apply. Maybe I'll just secretly apply, sneak in, just to make her mad, and then I'll win Survivor because that would be who would who doesn't want to spend thirty days on a deserted island with Bradley Kirkston? How many R's do you think are in the word Survivor? Survivor. <laughs> The survivor. Way, the, the way it's spelled or the way I say it? Because that's true. The way you answer. say Survivor. I don't think you know. You pronounce the last R, but not the first one. It's strange. <laughs> survivor. Survivor. It's the survivor. other way. <laughs> I don't think Brad could be on Survivor. Early seasons when they didn't know what they had, it was fun to have people that they like, just couldn't hang. Now we're, oh, we're what, 45 seasons in or something? It's all pros that do it now. I don't mean to harp on the pronunciation thing, but he is now saying Survivor. But originally he said Survivor. 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 You get two R's, use them how you please, Kurt. Stop yucking yeah. yum. Yeah, stop, stop oh, yelling I'm my yum. Oh, I'm not supposed to yuck a yum. You're not supposed <laughs> to yuck a yum, Kurt. It's 2024. Get with it. You're not a yum yucker. Yeah, you're not a yum <laughs> Why does that sound super disrespectful? <laughs> that sounds like a group that got oppressed in the early 60s. The yum yuckers. The yum yuckers. Should we yuck Fraser's yum? Yes. You always love moving things along. We open with the moon rising over Seattle. Lilith is flying to ask Freddie's father for a big favor. Naturally, she left Freddie back in Boston. Her seatmate is chatty, which somehow doesn't immediately put her off. I think it's only happened like, in the first ep we watched. I was I just rolled my eyes the second I saw someone starting a sh- the episode on a plane. And, and you know what's funny, Ryan? I had the exact opposite reaction. I'm like, finally, not one of the two or three places they always start the episode. Well, you have to remember, at one point, I thought every episode was going to start or end on a plane. That was how I thought the, the <laughs> show Frasier would work. Correct. <laughs> and that is really anchored into my mind to the point that it hasn't happened for 30 episodes, but I'm like, oh my God, they're doing the fucking plane thing again. You should count how many episodes in between and then next time, see if it happens the same amount of times when we're in season nine. Yeah. Are they, are they sponsored by like Boeing or Spirit or whatever? Well, that is one thing I wrote down. I would love to know what airline it was. Weren't you guys thinking that? I would have loved to know what airline. It looked, it looked like the same airline that they had in Airplane, which is like a 70s movie, I think. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Didn't seem like one that would exist in the 2000s. I mean, I know we're really going off on a tangent, but this scene didn't really do anything of importance besides tell us that she was going to ask her friend for a favor, which we all knew was Fraser. Wait, did you think that was supposed to be a mystery? Would have that been a good thing if she randomly asked, like, Roz for a favor? And that was the whole episode, just her and Roz. Considering the plot of the episode, that would have been interesting. Yeah, right? By the way, if you need a favor, I hope it's going to be from Roz, because she's actually going to deliver, for sure. I mean, I assume that's how the episode ends. I'm sorry, have you not completed this one? Are you just, <laughs> are you watching it no. as we review it? No. Okay, well. Uh, I thought it was cool that they found someone who's so pale that it made Lilith look almost tan. Correct. Yeah, that was good casting. I, th- I think, isn't it the guy from Star Trek? My name is Mott. Who's also. It, it is. I was, I was biting my tongue from bringing up Star Trek. His name's Boba. Or what was the shit? Mott? Is, this, is that Mott? I'm, uh, I'm the Baba. Now, he plays Data, who is a character covered in basically white makeup. Like, he is he is explicitly a white like pale, like not even pale white like actual bright white character and exclusively hangs out on flying aircrafts yeah yeah which is i think the, the only time we see him in this episode right? I, that's what that's what happens when you get typecast well at least and spoiler uh, at the end of the episode we see him walk we know he has legs because in this scene we don't even see him get up did you think he didn't have legs i i i did not have that information is that an assumption you make whenever you see somebody sitting down and haven't seen them stand up yet it's just they might not have legs <laughs> 
until I see their legs 100%. I think we saw his legs. You just assumed they didn't work, right? I don't know. He was, I don't know. I didn't see him move. Well, but you, they could just be, they could just be pants filled with tissue paper. <laughs> Look, let me, let me just use a sports analogy just to make Curtis mad. You don't know if a wide receiver can catch until you see him catch the ball. You know what I mean, Ryan? Well, and you don't know if he has legs till you see him get off the bench. Correct. I have no idea what you mean. No, not even a little bit. I don't either. But that's not the point. The point <laughs> is this scene, this scene's fine. Nothing too crazy. I, you know, this was an interesting one. Uh, Lilith's got some game, which is, doesn't, kind of surprising, isn't it? No, it's because she's just, she's so incredibly mean. She somehow flirts with people because it's just like, this person can't be this mean all the time. She's not that mean in this scene. She like, she makes some weird quip to the stewardess. Oh dear, you two look awfully pale. Can I bring you something? Not unless you have any extra melanin lying around. <laughs> she's aggressive for no reason. Yeah, uh, is she? I don't think she's aggressive. Because actually this scene pretty much mimics when we first see Frazier on the airplane and he's calming someone down. This is the same thing she's doing. Maybe I'm just intimidated by her, you know? I assume you're scared to fly with all your weird problems. So I think you just panicked. I don't mind flying. Oh, I thought you were going to take a different direction. Maybe I'm just like incredibly attracted to Lilith and I'm feeling like overwhelmed by her beauty. Are you? No. Okay, Brad. Lee. I was mad that Lilith didn't get the free drink. It felt like she could have easily got a free drink. Wait, what? How right at the end, the stewardess is like, you guys seem so pale. Like, is there anything we can get you? Like, Lilith, order a drink. Yeah, it was weird for the, the flight attendant to, to call out how pale they looked. No, that dude looked like he was about to pass out. I thought that was totally in the right. I, I feel like they wrote that just for the joke so people would laugh, but that's just my opinion. That's what TV is. Oh! It's interesting that you uh, thought he did look really sickly pale because I'm used to seeing him as Data from Star Trek, so he seemed almost tan to me. He had a healthy glow to him. Yeah, it did not take me as somebody who was overly pale. Lilith shows up unannounced, panicking Marty, who flees on a flimsy excuse. She asks Fraser for his sperm so they can have a second child, which Marty overhears. Another shocking moment of Marty acting like a child because an adult's coming over. This whole scene, and I'll say it now, and I'll explain why throughout the scene, my favorite Marty scene of the whole series. Whoa. Wait, wait, okay. that we've seen so far or he's going all the way to the pilot? That we've seen so far, that we've seen so okay, far. Okay. To jump to the end of the scene, it, we find out that not only does he kind of give a bad excuse to run away, but then after he runs away, he's just kind of hangs out behind the wall instead of going to his bedroom. Like we know his bedroom is back there. The fact, the fact that he eavesdrops after we have a whole episode in season 11 about him eavesdropping, what a bad look for... Why didn't Frazier turn around and be like, hey, remember that time you eavesdropped when Lilith proposed to me or whatever? Whatever you call this thing? <laughs> You're calling it a proposal. It's a proposal. I would say it is. I propose that we have a baby together. Yeah, well, yes. She What's his sperm? Gotta put it... You know what, though? She didn't put a cock ring on it, so... <laughs> They just don't have phrases for this. I wish I would have counted how many times they said the word sperm in this scene. It had to be well over 20. You can give me your sperm. Someone in Boston must have sperm. I thought we'd freeze your sperm. They just kept saying the word sperm multiple times. That's a little, she's very clinical. We are a family show, so we should take Marty's advice from a previous episode and call it S. S, okay. I was going to call it love juice, but you can call it S. God, no. But wait, let's go back. Like, is it, Was anyone surprised that Lilith just showed up early? Like, She really wanted to ask for Frazier's love juice. So it wasn't shocking that she showed up early. I don't think it was crazy that she was so impatient that she had to rush over and ask right away. What I do think is crazy is that that when she gets there, she claims this isn't the kind of thing you just spring on somebody. So I wanted to get here early. So can I have your S? She says she shouldn't spring it on him and then immediately springs it on him. Look, just because she uh, contradicted herself in the scene. I think what she's saying there is that she wants to give him 
more. She knows she's not going to be in Seattle long. She wants to give him as much time to actually think it through. It's not like her showing up and them going to dinner. He's suddenly going to think, you know what? I bet she wants my S for a new baby. Okay, that makes more sense that she's trying to maximize the amount of time he has to mull it over. Okay. Nothing's going to lead up to the natural progression where it's like, oh, at the end, okay, I can see this coming. She's going to ask for my S. She's going to ask for my love juice. She's doing the regular old playbook everyone does to get that. Well, and I do, uh, I love the exchange where Frazier says, Would we sleep together? I thought we'd freeze your sperm. Is that a yes or a no? <laughs> yes, yes, I did think. There was a couple good quips. Very sweet for Lilith. Uh, clinical compliment she pays Frazier about how their genes would align very, very nicely. In her own way, it was about the sweetest we get out of Lilith. We've seen with them that they pop with scenes together. I didn't think they popped that much this episode. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I mean, I think the difference is most of the time we've seen them together, they're kind of working together in some way, shape, or form or working against each other. In this case, there's a power imbalance. She wants something from him and he's not sure if he's going to give it. So they don't have the same kind of dynamic. The the best parts of this episode for Lilith is when she's not with Frasier, I think, which is the opposite of normal. But so you're right, it probably is that power imbalance, which is interesting. Something to track. Track, track, track. So she leaves. Marty comes out from his hiding. Eavesdropping like a damn, uh, I don't know what to call him. Something horrible. Eavesdropper? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I do think, to your point, Brad, this is a great Marty scene because yes, yes. the way he spins out. Well, I bet if you say no, she'll go to Niles. You know, it's just so self-centered. You know, she's got this all figured out for herself without the slightest consideration for my life. And Niles will say no for sure, which means only one thing. She'll come to the source, me, the fountainhead. And then the spiral out of Marty was just so utterly funny because Frazier was not paying attention to him at first. I think both of them are working pretty well in that dual monologue situation. Yes. I just love how to him it's a natural progression. There's no question about it. It's just this was going to happen first, then second, and then, oh no, I'm in trouble. I would have loved to see the scene though when uh, Lilith asked Niles for his sperm. That could have been funny. If she wanted to go get uh, Niles' seed, uh, she she can just go to the sperm bank. She doesn't even have to get it from Niles. She doesn't know that. We find out, first of all, it's amazing that we actually go back to the sperm bank. What a surprise. Yeah. By the way, I checked. Uh, not the same set. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> yeah, different set. It was very similar if it was. It was probably just a different room in the same, same building. When I saw the scene, I was like, oh my gosh, this looks very familiar. This has got to be it. Like, they, they reused this set because they knew it was a sperm bank. That's amazing. And then I went back and I looked on on the other episode of the sperm bank. Not even close. Like, they're completely different. <laughs> Wildly different. Sets. It's completely different. It's, I mean, it's still a room with doors. I mean, it's not... The sperm donation rooms are right next to the waiting room, which is crazy. Yes. Well, we're, we're definitely jumping ahead a lot. Ryan, did you want to make your comment about Marty's thing? Yeah, yeah. So he caps it off with saying, it's almost worth doing so I can tell the story, which is, I think, a Marty you guys have alluded to, but I haven't really seen much of. What do you, what do you mean alluded to? When he got the ring for Ronnie, the whole thing you guys sort of saw up to him thinking it would be really fun to tell that story about how he got it in a police auction and blah blah blah. Oh, I see. Um, he, likes, he likes to tell stories. Yeah, and that there's sort of, like, I don't know, like an air of whimsy to his life that he can then regale at a bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we have, this is really the first time I've even seen him ponder it. Okay, interesting. And basically to sum everything up, uh, Marty's the worst, still. At the coffee shop, Niles counsels Fraser about his choice. While admiring some vacation photos, they discover a saucy little nipple pic mixed in. So it was really glad I first I got nervous you know when the first two scenes are out of the coffee shop I started to think oh my god is there not going to be a coffee shop so I'm really glad it, it came through are you are you saying you were worried they were going to have an episode without the coffee shop and in like the third scene three minutes into the episode they're there yeah it was it was I was on edge 
I was on edge, but it, it came through and it, it delivered. So in this scene, this is when we find out that the ladies of the show are in Canada. Did you notice that they made a big deal that Canada was so far away? They're in Seattle. I mean, did, did they, they make a big deal about how far yeah, away? Yeah, yeah. They're like, why they have to go so far to a uh, to an amusement park? There's amusement parks here. They had to go all the way to Canada. They're in Seattle. I mean, it is far to go for an amusement park. I, I don't know that. I, I don't know what the amusement park scene is in Seattle. I assume there's at least a amusement park that's much closer because Seattle's at like the bottom of the state, isn't it? No. What? No. Yeah. Why don't be wrong? Yes. Where is it? All right. Geography me. Where is it? It's at the top of the state. Yes. Correct. It is it, it, it is northwest Washington. Looking it up. I don't know what you're thinking of. It's not like on the border exactly, but it is it is north, not south. Oh yeah. It's on the very north. Wow. Correct. I did like did you say did you hear when they were looking at uh pictures? They said that Niles wears linen beach attire. That sounds great. I want to see those pictures. I was thrown off that they apparently not only went on a beach vacation, which I would not peg Niles and Fraser for, no. but they went with their dad on vacation. Does that surprise any of you? I mean I no. assume you see it in season two you think that that's how long it took to get the pictures developed yeah this was the 2000s did people still do pictures i don't this feels a little late for that well this this did air in february of 2003 so it was the almost a year that they waited uh, assuming it was the previous summer they went no i thought ryan said season two not 2002 i know i'm saying yeah i said that well it it probably happened i'm not agreeing with ryan i'm just saying that no matter what it's been a long time i've never literally i've never gotten a role of film developed because of the age i am I, I assume it's something you put off and then remember eventually when you look in like the weird junk drawer or something. I don't know where you keep at, rolls of Look at Gen film. Z over here. <laughs> well, like the smartphone comes out next year. Like so the cameras are dead. All right. I don't remember anyone walking around with a Kodak in 2003. I We all knew that the nipple shot wasn't uh, Daphne, right? Well, spoiler alert. Yeah. First of all, why is the weird barista coming over and be like, yeah, it's a nipple. Why, why can't Niles point out his own wife's nipple at all? It's so obvious to the barista that it's a nipple and yet they stare at it and it's not clear so it's clearly a bad shot of a nipple but i wondered if it wasn't a nipple like i thought it had to be yeah, something yeah. other than daphne's nipple i thought it was gonna be something ridiculous the joke that the two of them didn't know it was a nipple that's like a big bang joke for people that you know if it's like two guys that don't get laid these guys get laid a lot a super weird joke in the sense we're not gonna jump ahead but i would just say the reveal of what it actually is is so bananas it makes so little sense it's so weird anyway just for when we get to it because i know some people listening to this pod do not watch the show daphne made a point of telling niles how how excited he would be to see this photo, which is why he thinks it's her nipple. Wait, does she say that? He yeah. brings it up. No, he? beforehand. No, no, no. He starts to see with uh, but Daphne told me that the picture at the end I'm going to be really excited about. Brad, you can put the megaphone down and just talk into the microphone. It's exciting that you got a mic, but yeah, don't don't eat it. Uh, that is, that's confusing. I missed that. If you know what it is ahead of time, is it like excited because it's like, oh, it's hilarious. He couldn't use a camera, right? Like that's a funny old person thing I'm going to make fun of my dad for, maybe? That's got to be the only explanation for why she would think that. Anyway, um, let's let's save that uh, tasty nugget for when we get to that scene. Alright. All right. And and Fraser's really considering this, which I feel like is wildly irresponsible if you have no plan to move back to Boston. Well, he didn't didn't bother him before to be a yeah. long-distance dad. We're going to get into more of that when they reminisce, because it's, it's, I think, a real tough look for him top to bottom. But yeah, if you're just going to be like, yeah, I'll send you pregnant back to the other side 
of the country is crazy. Well, to be fair, I think that's what Lilith is asking for. She's not asking for him to be a father again. She's asking no, him to correct. give her another child. Nothing about this episode makes Lilith Reed sane at all for this episode. No, no nobody said that it did. Nobody's on Lilith's side, let's be clear. The, in fact, Niles has, I think, one of the best lines in relationship to this plot, which is, I'm behind you, whatever decision you make, the right one or the crazy one. I don't get why. They're all bringing up that it's a crazy choice, but none of them are like, oh, because you'd be a bad dad also to this kid. He'd have basically he'd grow up without a dad. That should be part of the conversation. It should be point one, I think. No matter what else you're thinking. <laughs> well, this is why she couldn't bring Freddie, because if, if she brought Freddie, he'd be like a, a living reminder of why they shouldn't do this. <laughs> this show finally passes the Bechdel test with a subplot one and a half scenes long. Daphne is driving Gert, Ross, and Alice to the Canadian Fun Country amusement park. The most women ever in one scene of Frasier, right here. Here we go. Four women in one scene. Uh, we get Gertrude a little longer. She's on a visa. We learned, we learned that in this episode. I don't know what that means for us. <laughs> we know that uh, Niall's little scheme didn't work because she's in the rest of the series. <laughs> yeah. I, it would have been nice of that. Am I the only one that really thought that like this scene was going to be funnier and then it just wasn't? There's a part of the scene that I really remembered and, and thought back of fondly for a long time. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, they just kind of do it. It's not actually that funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought you were on the wrong side of the road. I will never get used to the crazy way you drive over here. Mum, you have to stop doing that. I remember that being a huge laugh for me. And this time I was like, oh, it's just kind of, they just kind of leave it and it's not that good. Well, here's the thing, Curtis, this was February 2003, right? We just said. So you yeah. were th- you were 13 years old. So your comedy has matured a little bit in, you know, 25,000 years. I will tell you when how old we are. Why is it better to say that we're 25,000 years old? Brad, unlike you, I've listened to this podcast and I know that my comedy has not matured. That's true. Uh, I thought, I, th- I like, you know, the, the joke that they set up for in this scene. Daphne. You seem stressed. Do you want me to drive for a while? Maybe once we get out of Seattle. I thought that was fun. Yeah, that is a, a fun little bit. Um, I also like Roz saying it's uh, 32 ounces of soda pop. Yeah, I think uh, I, this if this scene went any longer, it would have been too much, but it's fine. As the audience knows, I hate when we have 48,000 scenes in one episode like this one, but at least they were all pretty short and efficient. Is that good for what you just said? I hate when there's too many scenes, but I'm glad the scenes were short. Yeah, I'm glad they were short and efficient and it wasn't like lagging. None of the scenes were lagging. Mm-hmm. One thing I, I will say that this show is always bad at special effects and yeah. the no exception here. They're clearly in a set with uh, fake traffic, but the, the things they're saying do not line up at all. Daphne's saying she can't get over to get on the exit because presumably there's too much like traffic in her way, but he can see there is no no cars on this road. It is an empty road they're driving on. And they keep doing punch buggies. But we're not seeing any cars on this road. Why are there so many beetles? It doesn't make sense. I did kind of like that Gertrude went off script with punch buggy. She, she plays punch buggy with Fords. Well, no, we've all done That's that. a new one. Yeah, new punch one buggy me. Ford? That's, that's heard, just how that it. game progresses. Yeah, like, always. One, you get, you yeah. get annoyed. You get annoyed that you're getting hit. And you just find any excuse to hit your brother. That's... Yeah, we used to do windchuck, no checkbacks. No, it was always it was for me. It was always punch buggies, and then it always jumped to Fords. Never once did a Ford punch. Oh, really? Yeah, we never punched for American cars. Well, you're rule followers. I mean, it has to be like a snappy rhyme for you to punch someone. That was always our thing. You're also much older than your brother, so if you would have punched him, you might have knocked him out. No, this is games I played with my friends. I was always in the in the in the car trips. I was always on the third row, just on my own. 
It's great. You you have been in the third row when you've driven somehow. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've, I've definitely been yeah. in the third row of my car. Yeah. 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 <laughs> At dinner, Fraser turns Lilith down. Then flip flops when she reminds him how cute Freddie was as a baby. Obviously, leaving teenage Freddie at home was strategic. <laughs> Curtis, you almost said her name like you would say a rapper. You were like Lilith, Lilith, like like little well, the, little years ago. It starts with a little doesn't it? Yeah, little Yeah, exactly. You get it, Ryan. Little space if. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got you. Thank you. And she sometimes she drops bars, you know. Yeah, right. Do we think her name is Lilith, or maybe her name is If, and she's just Lil. Lil If. She's not very big, so shoe fits. I know you guys are saying this isn't a great like Fraser Lilith episode, but this scene to me really shows me how much Lilith really knows Fraser. Like she knows exactly how Fraser thinks as she's yeah. trying to like like she knew exactly how to play him. Well, that's how they wrote it, but I actually didn't. I thought it came off a little dry. Like I thought it was not the snappiest of scenes. The way they wrote Fraser reacting, Fraser does like it does work. But nothing she says made me feel anything. Yeah, I didn't think she did it very well. Like, yeah, she's playing on some memory we don't have. Fine, but like, the, come on. You could do it better than that. When she's saying biscotti and meatballs, like, I almost yeah. thought it was more annoying than cute. Well, I will say, as much as I love that one scene with Marty, I don't feel the same way about the rest of the scenes, in case you were keeping track at home. And this is another one that, it, you're right, though, the jokes do go a little too far. A little long. I was I was legitimately super annoyed when he uh, changed his order just to do the stupid lisp. Yeah, uh, I, but he changed his what's to spaghetti. It's like no, eat your better dish. What are you doing? He had veal first. I wanted to see the veal. Yeah, don't change from the veal. He did. It is a weird choice to specifically choose veal for that scene because he went from wanting to eat a baby animal to wanting to create a baby. Well, maybe that was the whole point. Maybe they, the writers were to have some symbolism. Oh, well, stupid. Spaghetti and meatballs is spaghetti and meatballs is a stupid order. What I didn't really realize is that him saying spaghetti and spe- I can't even say it. Spaghetti and spaghetti. You got you got so Jewish with that. Spaghetti. Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, which I didn't realize him saying that was officially him saying yes to wanting to have a sperm, uh, to wanting uh, to give it sperm. Oh, I thought that was full-blown consent. What are you talking about? I, 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 think I, was, I think they went right to the sperm bank right after that. I think they did, as as we're jumping ahead a little bit. But yeah, I agree. I'm surprised they weren't wearing the same clothing. What? I'm looking ahead and not even the next scene is the sperm bank. I thought you were saying you were surprised that Lilith and Fraser weren't wearing the same thing. That would have been awesome. No, I meant in the sperm bank scene. But yes, Curtis, you're right where it's not the right scene. So my joke fell flat. I'm sorry. Apology accepted. Thank you. Back at Nervosa, Niles sneaks peeks at the nitpick. He now carries with him. Creepy. Daphne's been gone for 12 seconds. Niles is thirsty as hell. Creepy. Carrying around a Polaroid. Creepy. I know it's 2003, and it's going to sound weird because now everyone carries around phones that have photos. But like, just to carry around a printed out photo of a nipple... It seems a little, little thirsty, a little much in 2003. I mean, I mean, never to go through your camera roll. Well, I that's love, a different story. I love that his excuse is that he doesn't want the housekeeper to find it. Like, there's nowhere he's told her she can't go. Right? <laughs> I assumed it was going to be Mrs. Moon's nipple. I was that was that was my bit at this point. Oh. Really? See, I think that would be dark. Now that we'd seen her in the episode, yeah, it seems like something her character would do. I'm I'm on Team Curtis for this one. I really didn't think it was going to be a nipple. I thought it was going to be something completely different. What do you think at this point? Best guess. A- animal. An animal. We get our first title card. Some magazines, a, semes- a specimen cup, and a recording of Tristan und Isold. I'm glad you messed it up. This this title card was so fucking good. Whoa, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Way better. Way better. I actually wrote down, no way Curtis is going to get that on the first try. <laughs> I literally didn't. I didn't have enough time to read it. 
that's how long it was. And I just, I didn't go back. I was like, this, oh, I, it's I, not going to be I worth do. it. I, I've, I've got, a, I've got a good at pausing the title cards. I can, t- I can tell you that is the worst part about these episodes is even though they're pointless, for some reason, I made the choice early on that I was going to read all the title cards on this podcast. And so and I have should. to pause all of the time because so many of them are long, but this one's the worst. This, this one was a whole book. Please, please don't answer this. But when we, when I finally get to do the new Frasier, I can't wait to find out if there's title cards and how Curtis does with the new Ryan, one. Ryan, you cannot yeah. say anything. I will not. But good God. This title card was like reading a text from Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. It's a, oh, man. It's a good one. That, I'm sure that'll play well. I'm sure our audience will understand. <laughs> I feel like my personality has come through enough on this podcast that that will make sense. <laughs> At the fertility clinic, Lilith micromanages Fraser's estonation procedure. Realizing how time-consuming it is to neglect one son, let alone a second, Fraser flip-flops again. At the beginning of the scene, I thought for a split second, I was like, what if he actually does do it and they just don't talk about it for the rest of the season? I was like, I was like, how rest amazing of the series. series, rest yeah. of the series, yeah. rest of the series. I was like, how amazing would that be if they just did this and never talked about it again? Especially when you have a Lilith episode coming up, like in, yeah. the, in the last season. Imagine that last season episode where Lilith comes back. Don't change any word of dialogue. Don't change any scene. <laughs> but just make the character pregnant throughout the entire yes. interaction. <laughs> yes. I was like, this would be so Frasery and so sitcomy just to have that happen and then never go back to it. I can't believe, speaking of going back, I can't believe this is, we're two, two times in a sperm bank on the same season and they're different sperm banks. It's not the same set. That's crazy. Oh, for the record, it is one sperm bank per season so far. No, I thought it was season 10. No, I thought it was the end of season 10. Yeah. I thought so too, but I looked it up because I wanted to see that set. And it's actually the first episode of season 11. Oh, man. That's even weirder. That's an even weirder. I mean, it makes more sense why it's like slightly different set dressing then. Okay, so it's official. This We're, we're on sperm bank duty. So we got to see in the next season or the previous season if there's more sperm banks. Please never, ever assign me sperm bank duty again. That's yes, just... well, Curtis, you're on you sperm You won't do it again. You're just on it for the rest of the... Yeah, sure. <laughs> you, you've got nine more sperm banks to to review, and then you're fine. And then and then please rank the sperm banks. Yeah, how did you rank the two sperm banks, Kurt? Since you went oh, back? actually, <laughs> it's not even a question. This one's miles ahead. This one, like, clearly, oh, this is. Oh my god, no! The other ones, the other ones, IT system was incredible. Well, okay, I'm not commenting on the IT system, but in this she one, she found Niall's info without any info whatsoever in like 12 seconds. She was like, I just need I just need half of your first name. I'll take care of it. So clearly Lilith and Frazier are actually trying to make a baby. So they're going to the best, nicest clinic they can find. Niles just wanted some quick cash. He went to the sleaziest place he could find. So the, the other set doesn't even look like any kind of clinic. It's just a drab. It almost looks like a really shitty motel lobby and a woman behind the counter. How would you describe this one? Well, this one is like a really nice hotel lobby. <laughs> You know, it, it it feels somehow like the, the wallpaper seems a little bit brighter and the the whole thing just feels much more like a real place, not just um, a couple of walls they put up with the worst, cheapest wallpaper they could find. I, I did appreciate how, how uh, convenient the rooms were. 
that it was right off the lobby. That was the same problem we had in, I guess, the last season. It's just yeah, like you gotta have the action's way. happening right off of the... But, well, it's even weirder, though, right? So the, the donation rooms are right in the lobby. But then there's, some, for some reason, that other couple goes down a hallway at the end of the scene. <laughs> yeah. Lord knows why. I don't know if they got a private sex room or something. I don't know what's going on there, but they get to leave. <laughs> oh, I know, I know we kind of glossed over it, but how about Lilith being incredibly rude to that couple? I actually, no, I, I'm going to defend oh, a little here. Okay, let's, I think let's play this game. I agree she was rude, but in a justifiable way. This isn't the place to make friends, that's for sure. Absolutely. I think you can make friends anywhere. If you want to make friends at a, at a sperm bank, make friends at a sperm bank. You're the guy in this in this yeah. scene. You'd be a nightmare. <laughs> you you would be a nightmare at a fertility yeah. clinic. I'd be the loudest person yelling about sperm. I assume that you've been banned from one before. It's wildly inappropriate, not only to like try to talk and make friends at something like this, but the first question he asked them is, will this be your first? No, I've been doing this since I was 12. It's a weird comment. <laughs> but it's just, this, like, that is such an inappropriate thing to ask in that moment. Such a such a place where people are so vulnerable, like, trying to have kids and having to go to a clinic to make it happen. And you're going to ask them about their process? That just seems so invasive. Well, and you'd love to blame it on the fact that he's, like, nervous. It's like, oh, it's his first time, so he's just trying he's to bragging. get the jitters out. Well, but it's his fourth time. This, this exactly. is all happened. He does it every week or whatever. He's bragging. It keeps working for him. This is his number one place he makes friends, which makes him the worst person on earth. Well, second to Brad. Second. Well, Brad, Brad, tell us about your fourth time at the sperm bank. Oh, goodness gracious. The fourth time <laughs> I was. Yeah, that's what I was. Nah, no, this, not that you cut it. <laughs> Move <All right>. on. <laughs> Thank you for yes, Andy. Move on. Back at the apartment, Niles finds out that the nipple is his own father's. Oh, that was it. That was your whole delivery for the scene. Okay. Little is there more to this scene? One. Bogarts! Everyone wants to go eat at Bogarts! They must have said the word Bogarts 84 times in the scene. Which was weird, because it's because it's presumably a restaurant in the Fraser universe, not a real one, I assume. Correct, right? <laughs> but they got so excited about it. Uh, he was they did, they did say it a lot, which is A weird. lot, a lot. They just kept saying Bogarts. I was going to take you to Bogarts. Bogarts? Can't wait to get to Bogarts. As far as I know, it's not a parody on any restaurant. You don't say that name about any... There's no restaurant you say with that kind of we, affectation. We know know nothing else about Bogarts. We don't know what no, we know a lot serve? about Bogarts. No, we do. Uh, Marty starts talking about getting barbecue. He wants to get either the barbecue chicken or the barbecue ribs. Oh, that is true. So it's definitely a barbecue joint, which I, I think this was clearly Niles's turn to take his dad out to dinner because I don't think this is the kind of restaurant he and Fraser would choose. They'd choose some snooty French place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's specifically coming to take his dad to dinner, so he picked the like barbecue joint. I barbecue tonight. It was great. I'm jealous. From Bogarts? No, it's from Hoggies. Oh. Picture of big old egg up front. Ryan, that sounds amazing. And I think you're going to agree with me on this. I know you do not like Marty, but you've got to admit, when, when Niles walks in and Marty is like eating. Oh, you already ate. I was going to take you to Bogarts. Bogarts? Oh, don't worry about that. I was just eating it because it was here. I wasn't eating it to get full. It's such an insane sentence you said. It's, it's a classic Ryan line. It's classic Ryan. It's something you would do. I would just go, yeah, I'll just eat more. I love that he's like, yeah, I wasn't eating to get full, which, you know, I usually have the opposite problem. I've already eaten and I'm already full and I'm just, I just still have to, I'm still consuming because that's what I do. So I think we have to talk about this, this nipple conclusion. The nipple conclusion. This is where we get the reveal that it's his own father's. Why? Why on earth did Daphne think you're going to be so excited? Wait till you see this old man nipple. Well, also weird. She clearly saw it go down. 
which is confusing. And knew it was a nipple. Not like, he, oh, your dad tried to take a picture and he dropped the camera or whatever. No, she's like, I know what it is. He totally got a great pic of that nip. So that means she's working on him. For some reason, his shirt's off, which I we've only seen her kind of work almost once. So we don't know why that would be. But it's really weird that he's like getting work done. And he's like, oh, my God, Eddie's doing something. I'll take a picture now. And then shoots it at himself. This was a guy that used to carry a gun for his job. <laughs> Can't handle the Kodak properly. Shoots his own nip. If there was a dumpster present, he would have gotten a clean shot of Eddie. He'd hit that 100% every time. I don't know, like the old cameras, you're rarely like, oh, I have that backwards. They're shaped that way. One of you were were making an argument for why maybe she would have thought it was exciting. Yeah. Daphne would have been thinking that Niles was excited at how bad his dad was at using a camera. Oh. That's something we all made fun of our parents for. The inability to technology. I mean, we have a running joke in my family that my dad is really great at taking pictures of the backs of people's heads. There you go. You would laugh if he tried to take a picture of a dog and he took a picture of his own nipple. That is something you and your family, who I've now met all of them, would find very funny. While I want to disagree with you on principle, you're you're actually very right. (laughs) Yeah, we all like making fun of our... uh, our parents, because we're like, Haha, I'm never going to be bad at tech. You guys are hilariously bad at this. <laughs> and how do you feel now that you've got a kid and another on the way? She's already better at tech than me. She made fun of me already for <laughs> inability to use. She got a camera, actually, for her, her birthday. She's better at it than I am. <laughs> That's great. The circle of life. Yep. On the plane home, Lilith is reunited with her seatmate, who quickly proves a suitable replacement S-donor. He's got legs. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, I have to say, that might be your best full circle joke, and I, I don't think you understand why it's funny. No, I I, I, I unfortunately knew what I was doing there. I, I'm sober. I actually know what I'm doing. Um, but no, I, I knew that. Needs to be said. He didn't. Um, he, has, he still doesn't know. <laughs> I got irrationally, irrationally angry that he was back on the plane. Like the chance that they landed on the pl- the same plane ride home annoyed me to no end. And that forget all the other coincidences that happened. I think that it is totally fair to feel that way. Um, and I probably would have if not for the fact that they're setting this guy up as comically right for Lilith. The idea that perfect person for Lilith is a man who immediately quits a job because it's a little bit untidy at his office or his laboratory. Yeah. I think that, I think that uh, saved it for me. Well, I think we know that it didn't work out. But that's true. Yeah, how does that how does that bite into the joke? Or is it good or, does it make it better or worse? I think the thing that bothered me more than the coincidence of him showing up again was the idea that they're on a plane and he doesn't, he's not assigned to sit next to her. He kind of notices her and asks if he can sit next to her like they're not assigned seats. And they're clearly in first class. So... There's no way he can just decide to sit anywhere. He handles it like it's a Greyhound bus, yeah. I have no reason to root for Lilith. I have no uh, no connection or particular love for her. I've Again, I've seen Cheers, and I've now seen two episodes she's been in here. Why do I care if she's having a good or bad time? Like, this episode concludes with her having, like, a successful moment. I don't... What do I care? It is weird that they would focus the last real scene of this episode on a non-main character. It wasn't... Not it wasn't a non-main a- character. A non-character, right? Yeah, yeah, a guest star. I don't know the history of the show, but I think it's at least plausible that at this point in season 10, they didn't know if this was the last season, like if they were any renewed. Oh, this was her send-off? Clearly wasn't as intense as the eventual Lilith send-off we get, but they might have thought just to hedge their bets, they'd give her kind of a nice moment. Oh, that's a good point. Are we going to get one of these every season? Lilith having a nice moment because we don't know if we'll see her again. <laughs> Funny. We're going to be so annoyed if that's how they handle it. They're all on a plane, by the way. Also 
annoying. That would also be annoying. After Niles tears up and throws away the nitpick, Marty offers him some booby-shaped ice cream. Ryan, you hate you hate Marty, so... Well, did Marty make this for Niles without him requesting it? Or did Niles be like, oh, give me ice cream, I know that you make a nipple-shaped, and then just kind of like fell into his own trap here? Was Marty being a super weirdo just making random ice cream for Niles? If you assume did... they came back from dinner, and they, they now he's full, so he needs a dessert. Sure. <laughs> and... <laughs> So he goes to make himself. I can see him just being like, "I'll make, I'll make my boy an ice cream too." Does he make it for him every time they ever go out to a restaurant? And Niles literally never consumed it because he weighs what I don't know, maybe one one o two. I know they're going for the visual joke of it looks like a, a boob because there's a cherry on top of the vanilla scoop. But I gotta say, this is a sad looking Sunday he's made. He didn't put in a Sunday cup either. I know. Yeah, we know he's got them. <laughs> well, was it was this ice cream? Because it was so it was very boobish shaped, which ice cream usually isn't. It did. It looked like a mound of sour cream with a maraschino yeah. cherry on top. Yeah, you don't usually get a mound of ice cream. Weird. Well, Brad, did you like this episode? Yeah. I So I, thank you for I asking. Just, just don't course. get off the couch when you answer questions. <laughs> um, I, I had a really hard time with this one. There were some funny parts, but there was you also... You were hard weird. during this? Well, he was a I'm hard a, nipple the whole way. Yeah, I'm hard nipple Kirkston. After really I don't like the way that you really... Out, you really... <laughs> You're really living that hard nipple life. Like you're just comfortable there. <laughs> After really thinking about this episode and just thinking about the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. You keep, that, that's not what we're doing. This is not the bonus episodes. I will continue. You know, I don't know. I'm just. I'm going to go with a C minus. <laughs> I just didn't love it, and you guys rushed me, so I didn't really get to think about it. C minus. If you if you thought about it, you'd still have given it a C minus. So we're fine. Correct. Correct. Uh, Curtis, what is your expert opinion? Twenty three. My expert oh. opinion is twenty three out of thirty five. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think that's I, that's good. I think that's right on. Yeah, this that's is fair. definitely middle of the pack, but middle to low. This yeah. is uh, fine. Yeah. It's it's not a bad episode. I didn't hate watching it, but it is just nothing special. I, I think if it wasn't for the the Marty bit and the the sperm, like there's nothing. If it weren't for the episode, you liked the scene driving to the amusement park. (laughs) (laughs) But like, there was nine scenes and only two of them were entertaining. It was what I'm trying to say. Ryan, what about you? You know, it's funny. I think you guys have definitely talked me down. I thought the like the ruse bit, the way that they pay it off with Marty at the end was pretty good. Even though we, you could tell it wasn't going to be a nipple. It wasn't going to be Daphne's nipple. That ending bit was good you don't want to say strong i did not see i did not see it coming that's for sure and i thought they they handled it pretty well yeah it was was nowhere near the strongest punch we've seen fraser throw and by by no means was the rest of the episode there to back it up so you guys have actually talked me down i was probably closer to six now i'm uh, i'm about about 5.1 after talking through this with you guys wow that's a big drop that is a big drop yeah definitely but i also think it's fair We know Lilith thinks Frazier has the best genetic stock for her second child. But which one of us won the DNA lottery? Welcome to the genetic pentathlon. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, that's Rocky. I think you're doing Jurassic Park there. Are you trying to do Star Wars, but Brad threw me off? I couldn't find it. For the record, um, because I know they're famously litigious, uh, we are doing a pentathlon specifically because the O-word um, could get us in trouble. 
Are we doing a pentathlon? Uh, yeah, absolutely. The notes, the notes don't have that. Yeah. When this is all done, you will find that we absolutely guaranteed did whatever a pentathlon is. So, right, five. We will be competing pentagon. in. You know, a pentagon. It's literally a building. It's written right here. We, I, I'm, I'm reading now. We will be competing in five areas of potential parental fitness. The first, what, what do you call them? Are they are they sports? Events. What do you call them? Events. Events. Thank le- you. Legs, legs of the, of the pentathlon. Oh, le- oh yeah, because the pentathlon. Yeah, we're not doing the award. So, so it's legs, legs. Yeah, legs. Yeah, this this event has legs, just like data from Star Trek. <laughs> All right, well, the first leg is going to be for the best excuse for avoiding Lilith. Ryan, would you like to start us off? Tee us off? Tee us off. Is that a thing, teeing? In golf, yeah. Not in a pentathlon where you're making an excuse, but sure. All right, well, do it. (laughs) What's the format? (laughs) Am I just saying the excuse and then you guys judge it? Is there a better way? I don't know. Let's find out. All right. Oh, Lilith, I was so excited to see you, and it was going to be a great time, but I just just chipped my last mug, and if I don't get out to the specialty goods store before it closes, we're not going to have coffee in the morning. And you know how we both get without coffee, so I'll see you in Boston. Is she a coffee drinker? I don't know, but I know I am. Okay, so you're just gonna go to the store. You're just—I'm gonna go get a mug. Yeah, she's uh, you know, at specialty store. So she just came from traveling. She might have one in her bag. She might be like, no, Here, no, no, I got a mug I right for a you. Mug. I need a mug with a handle. I'm not a plebeian. They have travel mugs with handles. What are you talking about? What are, you, are you a Stanley boy? I didn't know that. You're dropping $50 on a mug. We'll get to it later, but I'm a fancy boy. I, <laughs> I will drop no less than $50 on a mug. <laughs> You're just not going to win. Like, that was not creative in any way. No, no. What do you mean? What do you mean? I'm just not a fan. Could you imagine not having a means to drink coffee in the morning? I just decided <laughs> what my excuse would be. I didn't, like, write a script. Oh, even even I wrote a script for mine. I thought that's what you told us to do. I didn't write a script. I just kind of said well, it like a yeah, human would. Just thought sure. it and then said it. I don't write anything. What is this? The, the 1920s? I didn't write anything down with my quill, Kurt. Brad, what about you? What'd you put in the old typewriter there, Brad? Hey, Lilith. Hey, Brad. Whoa, well, you're doing <laughs> no. both sides of the dog. No, sorry. Hey, Lilith. You're Jewish and I'm Jewish. And just because of today's world and everything going on in the world, I just don't think it's safe to have two Jews in one space right now. So I'm going to leave. And I, I think you're just going to be better and safer without me. So I'm out. Jesus, what a <laughs> Hey, I play to win the game. I play to win the game. Can you play to have fun? (laughs) I play to win the game. I also think Lilith would have a pragmatic response as to why that's foolish. and Probably. I don't think that would work very well. She would instantly take you apart psychologically. Look, this might be a little bit of a surprise to the audience, but Lilith is smarter than I am. You're conceding. No, I'm still the smartest person on the podcast, but still, Lilith is smarter than me. Defend. Defend. That Lilith is smarter than me? Yes. Um, She has a PhD. You could get one if you put 20 years into school. I'm going to get the same PhD that John Cena has in Thugadamic. I would love that. Yeah. I majored in, what is it, uh, child education, and I got my PhD in thugonomics. <laughs> All right, let's try that again. My bachelor's is in uh, human development and family studies with a concentration in youth development. My master's is in public administration, and my PhD is in thugonomics. Throw away that patriotic mask, man. Don't recycle Hulkamania. Throw it in the trash can. Word life. Yeah. Kurt? 
Kurt, you got a real shot at the first leg. I guess I was wing acting out my my concept. So do it once again. You 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 know what you're going to say. You just don't know how a human would say it to another human. Is that your problem? <laughs> That's exactly my problem. I just didn't think of how anyone would say it. Hey, oh Lilith, oh it's so good to see you. Oh Lilith, oh I, you're not going to spend a minute alone while you're in town. We should. Oh, we can go shopping and oh, I, well, let's go out to dinner right now. Oh, you know, tell me everything. Scene. Did you say a complete sentence? That was insane. Your excuse to not hang out with her is that you want to talk to her? I'm going the other way with it. I'm going to be so clingy and so possessive of her that she will run away from me. I'm uh, solving the problem I, long I term. I don't know if that would work with her. I'm sorry, is that an excuse? I don't even have to make an excuse because I'm going to trick her into making an excuse. That's how brilliant my excuse is. Sorry, Kurt, what's the category? It's Yeah, best excuse. Kurt has failed. He, he failed his own activity. <laughs> but my whole thing is, I don't even know if that would work with her. I feel like she would like the attention. No, she is cold as ice. I agree that it would it would allow you not to have a conversation with Lilith. I just don't think an excuse was made. No, correct, yeah. <laughs> Kurt, Curtis doesn't know how to play his own game. That's something Brad would do. That is something Brad would do. I thought so hard about that one. I thought it was a great excuse. But Again, it's it would work. Just isn't an excuse. <laughs> but out of those two, I have to vote for Ryan. Obviously, I have to vote for Brad. So you're the tiebreaker, Kurt, because because we both tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go with Ryan because while it's a terrible excuse, at least it's not a bummer. So. <laughs> I want to point out, you guys told me I'd be getting one point for this leg, and you were incorrect. Next up, we're each going to compete for the best radio speaking voice. Brad, would you like to start this round? Curtis, you know for this, you have to do a radio voice, right? Just making sure you know how to do this. I don't think Kurt knows what's happening. 96.4. It's DJ Jazzy Jew on the ones and twos. Today, we're going to hear a music lineup from Limp Bizkit. But before that, it's the Weather Report with Doc Brown. Hey, boys and girls, it's Doc Brown. Today in New Mexico, we're expecting sunny skies at 76 degrees. In Montana, expect that snow to be falling from the sky. Expect three to four inches on your vehicle to work. Next, our sports report with Ram Rod Rodriguez. Today in sports, Baltimore Orioles beat the San Diego Padres to score a 5 to 4. We're going to hear a hard hitting journalistic report from our own Sally Struthers. Today, in our reports, we're going to look at consumers and how they spend their money in 2024. <laughs> All right, that was it. I can't do any more. I have so many comments, but those so those you you did too much. I wish we could have broken between each one. I know. D- did you picture DJ Jazzy Jew wearing a trench coat and being naked underneath? He sounded creepy as hell. It's the radio. I expected all these people to be naked the whole time. Is the weather man who was doing a morning zoo bit for the weather, which was weird, and then I think Sally Struthers. I forget what she even was doing. Were they the same person? No, completely different voices. You'll hear that back when we when we listen to it. I'm sure. I I, I hear you try really hard to do a girl voice and instead you just jump right back into that guy's voice yeah that might have happened the indiana pacers are looking for a measure of revenge tonight against the new jersey nets and to strengthen their playoff hopes the nets won the last game matchup 94 to 85 which left the pacers one game behind the chicago in the seven series spot Let's check out the highlight. Reggie Miller's looking good. He shoots the three, and it's good. Later, he gets a rebound, passes it to the man, 
shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Love that you chose sports. <laughs> that was pretty good, though. I went a little more NPR with it than Morning Zoo. You get that with sports recaps. I think you did pretty well, despite never hearing a sports recap in your life. Yeah, you did fine. That was a sports thing? Oh, boy. All right. Did you did you recognize what the copy was taken from? No. I mean, I assume it's the boom goes the dynamite meeting, but I don't know yeah, that. Yeah, that's exactly what it's from. The guy who was really nervous doing the sports cast for his college uh, news program and just is awkward as hell. Oh, I think you did better than, than the boom goes the dynamite kid. You did your boom goes the dynamite <laughs> delivery poorly, but... Your play-by-play was pretty good. All right. Well, uh, Ryan, how about you? Uh, yeah, I didn't prepare for this. So here we go. Well, that's tomorrow, and uh, that is uh, it for us today. Okay, I don't know. Uh, whatever. It, it is, uh, it's not right on the teleprompter. I, I don't know what that is. I've, uh, I've never seen that. Uh, okay, but yeah, I can't read it. There's no words on it. There's no words there to play us out. I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? All right, go. Go. That's tomorrow, and that is it. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a... I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. This fucking thing sucks. (laughs) You can't really do a radio voice, though. You just kind of read it. You did the scientist from The Simpsons. Piving my ring. I thought I was doing a voice. I I meant to start. I meant to do it really morning zoo, but it's a lot to read. You have to do a lot of. Uh, there's a lot happening in it, actually. <laughs> did I, Did you recognize that one? Have you seen that meme? No, yeah, I haven't seen that. I don't see seen memes. Curtis. You haven't seen I, the. This I watched thing television. I don't know. Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen it before, Curtis. One of the great ones. Fucking thing sucks. I'm sorry I'm not watching newscaster memes, Kurt. I don't know what to tell you. Was that even Bill O'Reilly? I don't know. It was. Uh, I got to go Brad on this one. I mean, he did the whole zoo. Yeah. I mean, Brad was horrible at it, but he, I don't I don't think any of his voices matched his character. I thought Curtis was great. I liked Kurt. Brad, you have a tiebreaker, I guess. Wait. No, you, you can just give it to Ryan. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Ryan. So we all tie. <laughs> what does that do? I Nothing. Don't know. <laughs> Not that any of it matters. It's fine. Uh, who won the last round? Uh, I did. I guess you're still winning. On to the next leg of the pentathlon. It's the most sophisticated. We will each identify the fanciest thing in our possession. I thought it was pretentious. Ooh. <laughs> sophisticated might go poorly. Well, the, the, the real category is pretentious, but I, I thought if we're trying to win Lilith over, we, we're going to call it sophisticated. So who hasn't gone first? You. Yeah, you're up, Kurt. I should know that. I have a toaster oven that, wait for it, mm. also is an air fryer. What are you putting this one under? Sophisticated, pretentious, or trashy? What do you, what'd you think this category was? I think that's very fancy. It's got two functions. Okay, Curtis does not play to win this game. Cool, good to know. I don't have fancy things. Here's what's annoying. The podcast at large understands that Curtis owns a white rug. And the fact that he's choosing not to, to say it is very annoying. I was looking around my apartment trying to find something that was would be considered fancy. Look down, Kurt. I didn't look down. Two episodes ago. All right, well, who hasn't gone second, I guess? I'm up, you idiot. I have to do some ex- explaining. So I have a, um, a coffee bean dicer a slicer what do you what do you a grinder sorry oh a okay. coffee bean grinder you gave me shit for the toaster oven and you're giving me a coffee grinder let me explain the accoutrement for my coffee grinder i mean i'll give you points for using the word accoutrement in this segment we, 
We got really into this one coffee brand we found on Amazon. I won't say it because they're not paying us yet. But like on my counter, we have the beans to use in the grinder. We also have pre-ground coffee from the same company. And then we also have pre-ground decaf coffee from the same company. And then just in case you don't want to do any of that work, we also have K-cups from the same company. So you really love this company and you love coffee. Well, and we just, we kind of got all the stages you could have of the bean post uh, tree. Okay. So you, you're making your own coffee shop is what you're trying to tell us. Cool. But also like, if you don't want it, we also have cake. I don't know that Amazon coffee is going to qualify as, as sophisticated or I'm pretentious or fancy. Yeah. But I think it's, it's having every single possible option is pretentious. I think you get the annoying thing of, I will grind it myself. Cause I just love that freshness or I'd be lazy as fuck and just have the K cup, which is horrible for the environment. The whole reason you would have a grinder in the first place. Right. I would love to give you points for that. I really would. But here's the problem. I've been to your house recently and you told me part of this story. And I know that definitely at least some of this coffee was not purchased to have all of the options. It was because you made a mistake and you ordered the wrong thing. That sounds that sounds like classic Ryan. All of it, all of it is because I ordered the wrong thing. Why would I ever yeah. want the beans? Why would I want the beans? Who wants that? <laughs> I want you to do some of the work, coffee company. I'm not a coffee employee, all right? Uh, Brad, how about you? Yeah, so I took a non-food approach to this. Weird. For me, this is pretentious only because I did not buy this item. This item found me in a way. Yeah, this item chose me of all people. Tough, st- tough start, I'll tell you that. Curtis was with me for this. We were in uh, Universal Studios Orlando, Florida. Oh. I have the tendency to fall asleep, please, like all the time. So we were on a train from one side of the Harry Potter world to the other side of the Harry Potter world, and I magically woke up from this from my little nap on the train and a Harry Potter wand was in my hands. It, I picked up a Harry Potter wand out of nowhere. It really came to me and it was funny because one of the people I was with had just bought a $50 wand and I don't think she was too happy that I just Oh, no, no. To be clear, she was looking forward to buying the $50 one and her boyfriend was really annoyed that he still had to after you found one for free. Correct. I didn't find one. The wand chose me. So you think it's sophisticated to sleepwalk and steal somebody's wand? Or do you think no. that it's pretentious to wake up and just have a wand? It's pretentious to do all the things you just said. I think it's pretentious to be in Harry Potter land and actually recreate the train scene from the third movie of Harry Potter. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's pretentious to be in Harry Potter land. Quite, quite expensive, I believe. Hey, I got a free wand, so I win. I think Lilith would appreciate it. Of my choices, I'm voting for Brad in this case. Dude, there's no way Lilith would look at that and be like, how sophisticated of you, Bradley. You slept and woke up with a thing. There's no chance. Uh, uh, but also Curtis Curtis did a bad job. He didn't even choose the right thing in his own apartment. So I will also have to go Brad. Well, I got the point for that one. Yippity do that. You shouldn't have. You got lucky. Well, I got lucky because you guys did a try in that round. I did. You picked stuff that are your mistake. You stole something in your sleep. And Curtis doesn't know anything in his apartment. So Curtis like... is just really bad at cataloging his apartment. The important thing is that we have completed all five legs of our <laughs> three-legged decathlon. And... <laughs> We have a definitive winner, which is not me. I've lost definitively. And I think that's enough. I think that's fine. I, you know, being pretentious, Curtis being the loser makes sense. So, <laughs> Curtis, the audience, honestly, me for having to hear some of that. Yeah, there's a lot of losers. I don't think it's just Kurt. Yeah. Well, Ryan, why don't you tell us what we'll be losing about next week when we cover the previous episode at season 10, episode 12, The Harassed. A man calls into the radio show to tell Frazier he's ruined his life. He proceeds to torment Frazier in fun, approachable ways. Fun, approachable? I mean, I get to sitcom. I guess it works. <laughs> the way you said it, I thought there was going to be something else after fun, approachable ways, and then you just ended it. You guys don't know how to talk long on these. <laughs>
I thought maybe there was one more sentence, but okay. What do you want from me? Do you want long or do you want short? No, it was perfect. I love, yep. I do love that though. Fun, approachable ways is what you want in a Frasier episode. Everybody to be fun and approachable, especially the ones tormenting Frasier. Yeah. Every episode should be that. It'll be a delightful episode. I can't wait for next week. You've, you've actually set us up for failure. We're going to hate this next episode. <laughs> That's tomorrow and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. So for myself, for Ryan, for Brad, I have exited the structure. Oops. <laughs> what the fuck? Is Siri joining the call? No, that's that was my that was Alexa. She was telling me to dishwash some dishes. It's because you said nipple too much. She thought Yeah, yeah, I hit my I hit, I hit my nipple threshold. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, if you say nipple 15 times in the night, it activates a chore.